Well, thank you very much, folks, for uh, hanging in there doing the worship, and uh, and now we're uh, we're going to do a, a talk, or I'm going to do a, a, some teaching to you. Uh, and what it is is that um, I want to talk to you about the best idea in the world. Uh, uh, the big question: What is the key to a good life? How do we live better as humans on this earth? And there couldn't be a more important subject, uh, given where the world sits right now. But actually, this question could be answered a thousand years ago or right now. It's, it's the same answer. And my talk today is inspired by a real hero of mine, a guy called uh, Mark Green, um, who uh, heads up uh, the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. Uh, and he's got a book, uh, that, and this is the book that I, um, that I have taken some of the material from for today's talk. And he calls his book, The Best Idea in the World. There is a story, a true story, of a teacher of the Jewish law asking a popular but very unorthodox rabbi this question. What is the most important commandment of all? The rabbi's reply is the key to a good life, the key to a perfect society, and the key to a restored heart. It is the best idea in the world. In the present age of media hype, uh, and social media overload, and we've got plenty of that going on right as we speak. It is hard for us to take claims about the best, the greatest, too seriously. We are faced with endless rankings from films to fish fingers. Everything's ranked as the most important thing you can do. And, and, and during lockdown, uh, it's really interesting. If you go on any YouTube channel, you're taught how to cook better through how to keep fit in your living room. Um, and, and everything is pushing the fact that you can be a better you. Um, you can be better. Uh, you can do better. And here's how to do it. Here's the best of best. And this is what you want to, to follow. In, in business, and I was in business for a long time, um, everybody talked about best in class. We must reach for best in class. In the present time of COVID-19, racial injustice and economic collapse, people are desperate to know how to live well. Anxiety for the future is high, and that's our personal future, and our corporate, world, national, international future. Anxiety is high. For the first century Jew, the most important commandment uh, is significant. <laughs> they, had top, they, they had the top 10 commandments, the, the, the 10 commandments, but they also had another 613 to obey. Um, some of them were to do with washing their hands before worship. And of course, we would be pretty good at that now because we're always washing our hands to avoid COVID. But to the first century Jew, this was a big question. What is the most important way to live? And, uh, and, and Jesus was the rabbi um, that um, was asked the question. And in Mark uh, 12, 30, 31, which is our, our second slide, and, you'll, and that'll come up in a second or two, you'll see what Jesus replies. And he says this, and this is Mark 12, um, verses uh, 29 through to 31. The most important one, answered Jesus, 
is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I believe that Jesus' response is even more radical today than it was back then. Why? To the culture trying to push God to the peripheries, Jesus says, put God to the centre. To the individual who's saying, I don't need God. I am more sophisticated than needing God. You need to put Jesus to the centre of your lives. Why? Because human beings are spiritual beings. To the culture obsessed with acquiring quality things, or actually just things, Jesus says, focus on creating quality relationships. Indeed, the simplicity of Jesus' answer should not distract us from its significance. It is the most important commandment, then it, if it is the most important commandment, then it reflects what is most important to God. That's why this um, piece of the Bible, what Jesus actually said, the history of what he said is so important, because at this point he's revealing to us what God's about. And God's about relationship with these people. God wants us to love him and he wants us to love others. How we love, how we love him and how we love each other, our neighbour, is the key question. If God is love, and this is slide three, how we love, how we love him, how we love each other, how we love our neighbour. These are the key questions that God is asking us, and he is a God of love. Love is obviously about relationship. The quality of our relationship with God and the quality of our relationship with others the key to a good life, Jesus is saying, is to love God and to love our neighbour. Christianity is not a system to be followed, a body of rules to be obeyed, but it is a particular kind of friendship with God and people. I'm wondering if you're thinking this is all a bit fluffy or vague. The call to love is not a call to sit around meditating on eternal truths, but a summons, a summons to become involved in a down-to-earth movement to make the world a better place. Absolutely, God is expecting us as Christians to be part of a movement to make the world a better place, to have his kingdom on earth, his justice on earth his concern for others on earth. True love is not about drowning in the gaze of your beloved, but about making decisions 
doing things for our beloved that makes their life better. Love is about being together, enjoying each, each other's company. In fact, adventuring together through our lives. And that begs a question, it begs this question. How is your relationship, your adventure with God? I mean it, how is it really? Is it dynamic or is it pretty distant? Are you excited or are you indifferent? Or maybe you do not know that God wants to have a relationship with you. Maybe you're, you've come along today and you're thinking, what's he talking about? And, and the great good news is that God loves you and loves me and wants to get to know you. He wants to change your life. He wants to transform your situation because he is, a, he is a God who loves you. As an extension of your relationship and my relationship with God, you need to then ask the question, how is your relationships with the people you work with? You spend a lot of time at work. And actually, that is your ministry. You're there. You're God's child there. So how are your relationship with your work neighbours? At home, it's often the case, and sadly, it's often the case that what goes on behind closed doors, and there's a lot of that at the moment, is not the way the person reflects himself in their church or in their public community. So I'm going to ask, and God is asking, how is your relationship with the people that are in your home? At church, when you do come to church, and we've, we, we've been to church together um, over the last year, um, and then for a short period that we were actually together until the COVID-19 thing uh, clicked in. Uh, and one of the big excitements for me has been just the way we have gelled together as church as you know, there's just so much evidence over the last few months of how we've genuinely loved each other. And I know God's really pleased with that. And we must continue in that, to hold up each other, to love each other, to be willing to be part of the church unit. And that requires sacrifice. And I thank you for doing that. And the final question that Jesus asks is, how are you loving your neighbor? And in this world, our neighbour is the person that's locked down and locked down next door to you. It's the old person you're, you're, you're taking some food for. It's, it's the persons and the people that God brings into your, your world. How are you loving your neighbour? Moving on to slide four. And I shall take a quick drink of coffee. The messages that come out um, from this very short passage is this, God is love and Jesus is God and his nature is love. Love God, love your neighbor, reflects God's nature and clarifies his priorities. In this time when uh, we will have a march in Glasgow and hopefully they'll, they'll keep distanced and, and do it safely and, and without violence um, for the, um, the black community and, and, and specifically the Africans who have, or the people that have come out of Africa over the last few centuries who are in Britain, who are in France, who are in America, who are in Canada uh, and so on. The, fact is 
that God's clarifying his priorities here and saying, I love people. And I think, you know, one of our jobs as, as being um, predominantly white in, in our church and in the area that we're in, predominantly, not all, um, the thing that we can do well here is reflecting God's nature and his priorities and to listen to our brothers and sisters who are from these communities because often we don't understand what they go through. There's a really interesting uh, psychological test that was done on a, a black uh, American child back in the 80s and they gave her uh, the choice of a black doll or a white doll and she picked up the white doll and she said she was asked why and she said well the white white doll's better so one of the things that we need to understand in this situation and what God does understand is that people will view themselves from the way that culture is demanding them to see it the way the majority sees it. So we as Christians, we have the great benefit in the world over of being a minority as well. And, and therefore we should have great empathy on how to do this. But let's be praying that we know God loves everybody. We know that God wants to bring communities together, knows that he wants to bring about peace. Let us reflect on how God would view the situation with race relations across the world at the moment. God, slide five, God loves people and he wants the best for them. He isn't trying to take us into a dictatorship where he feels he's got control of us and that's the end result. Because he's God, because he's designed us, he knows that if we are with him and give ourselves over to him, that will be best for us and our lives will be fulfilled. Our purpose will be be, be good uh, and, and in fact one of the things that people miss particularly if you don't have a job particularly if you've seen that you're not from the mainstream is that you lack anything to do with purpose because people are passing you by society's passing you by god wants the best for everybody and will give you the best if you submit to his his love the most important thing a person can do is to know the king of the universe intimately and to give their life to loving him and the people he gives them to love. Slide five is about God as a relational being himself. And, and you know, if, if you think about it, does God understand relationships? Well, he does, because uh, he works within uh, a relationship of three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in one. He is the only power that can unite because he has created a united trilogy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's not just that God is a relational being, it is that he wants to involve human beings in the relationships of the divine community. God may not need our company, but he really, really desires it. And it says here, I love this, this is in John uh, from the Bible, and it's in John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23. And that'll pop up on the screen in any second. And I'll read it. My this is Jesus speaking. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. 
that's the future state, us, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you've given me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Isn't that a fantastic verses? It's talking about the purpose of Jesus coming to earth for us because he loved us, but he wants to bring us as humanity into complete unity. The very thing that we've been struggling about, struggling with this week globally. Could there be greater affirmation of human worth than the startling truth that the king of the universe actually wants a relationship with us? regardless of who we are, regardless of our creed, regardless of our, our colour, regardless of our sexuality. He wants to have a relationship with us because he loves us. Why? Because we are significant. <laughs> Despite being on a tiny planet the size of a golf ball when compared to the extent of the universe, and yet God wants a relationship with you now and for eternity. God loves you. Relationship is important to God because he is relational and he wants us not only to relate to him, but has designed us for relationship with other human beings. This relationship with God is made possible by Jesus. It's the only way we can get to God is through Jesus. If we come through Jesus, then we're able to have relationship with God. So our goal as human beings is not a glorious independence but the high adventure of creating a better world through right relationships. We simply cannot achieve that we are, um, what we are designed to do without God and other people. We cannot become the person God intends us to be without relating to other human beings purposefully and positively. That is why Jesus commands us to love. Selfless love, selfless love, is the only path to fulfillment. Isolation is bad. Community is good. That's what God's saying. Indeed, Paul describes the transformational impact of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is intended to have on people's character and actions. He begins his list with love. Love is the most important thing. Ultimately, uh, holiness is love flowing out in thought, word, and deed. Often we wonder, am I holy? How do I become more holy? And often those who are holy are the most unbearable, sadly. Um, but actually what God means by holiness, it's the holiness as he sees it, is the expression of love, of his love through us. God's love is always seeking to flow out into the world. He wants to reach the withered soul, the parched heart, and the desolate nation. Indeed, God's concern for the other is intended to flow out to the foreigner, the people who are not part of our gang, our gang, our gang. We only think about the people that are around us and understand and think like us when God's challenging us to embrace the foreign, the unusual, 
the different because he loves them all and we should love them as he loves them. In our part of this city, in Royston, uh, we can offer charity as well as hope. And, and I love this. This is a guy called um, Matthew Paris. He writes for the Times. He's an international uh, correspondent. And he wrote this, um, and I quote, Now a confirmed by the atheist, I've become convinced of the enormous contribution that, that Christian evangelism makes in Africa sharply distinct from the work of other NGOs, government projects and international aid efforts. These alone will not do. Education and training alone will not do. In Africa, Christianity changes people's hearts. It brings a spiritual transformation. The rebirth is real. The change is good. I wish that was written by a Christian. It's absolutely fantastic. And I love what he's saying there because what he's doing is remember what Jesus said. He says that if you love one another, others will see that you are from God, that you are God's people and that God is love. And here's a guy witnessing it from himself, for himself. In Africa, seeing what the Christians are doing there, they're changing people's hearts, as well as doing education, as well as doing other stuff. And the change, as he says, is good. And what I pray for you and what I pray for me is the change in our heart, the transformation in our heart will be good, as God has designed and is hoping for you to allow. Amen. Got some challenges for today to take away with you. Um, two challenges, um, and, and they are really, really difficult. Um, but this is what I would like you to do. Over this next week, I'd like you to spend time when you're out for a walk on your own or on your own, asking yourself, how is my relationship with God? And when you've answered that question, spend some time asking yourself, and how is your relationship with others? Let us pray. Father, we come to you. And first of all, we thank you for coming to earth and saving us and giving us the opportunity to live with you in community with you so that we can live in community with our other brothers and sisters across the world. We thank you, Father, that that was your purpose, that is your purpose, and that your kingdom will come. And Father, if, um, if we are in a position where we don't know you today, I just ask, Father, that, um, that these individuals would just come to you now and ask to have a relationship with you, that they would come and meet with you, because you, we know that you're a transformational God, a God for good. So, Father, just, just ask now that you would bless each one of us and just fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.